Oh, I have to make sure I say mortabito. You spelled it morabito. It's mortabito. Is it? Yeah. Mortabito. Mm-hmm. Mortabito. See, that's what happens when you grow up without an internet and you just hear what you think. <laughs> well, I watched with um, subtitles, so. Oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's so son, distracting. I just end up reading. It's like, it's got to be like also a Gen Z thing, right? Because he's always watching with subtitles. He can hear. He has great hearing as a matter of fact, <laughs> but he chooses to have subtitles. We always have to turn it off, but I'm too lazy. So. Oh, I can't. It just wrecks the experience <laughs> for me. I, I mean, unless it's like a foreign language film and I can't right. understand what they're saying, then that's a different thing. But I like to watch yeah, a performance. I'll watch, I'll watch subtitles over dubbed. I hate dubbed movies. It's Ooh, the worst. No, it wrecks it. It's just stupid. MLVC. Excuse me, but I'm singing in one key and you're singing in another. Poor is the man whose pleasures depend on the permission of another. Open the door now and suffocate. Just give me a fan. I don't trust any man who hasn't kissed another man. I'm waiting. All right, people, it's time to get your dancing shoes on. You're listening to MLVC. It's all Madonna. Hey everybody, it's Ben. Hey everybody, it's Liberty. And hey everybody, it's Stefan. Welcome to another episode of MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise Veronica Choni. I don't know why I just sang that. <laughs> Cachoni. I, I think Chicone. I say it so many times. <laughs> I always try to like reinvent how I say it, and I'm like, no, that's that is the last time I'll ever say it like that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's another edition of our Madonna Summer Movie Series. Last month we rewatched Dick Tracy, and if you were following us on Instagram, you'll know that we got our booties slapped with a hanky panky for saying <laughs> "dick" one too many times. So. Thankfully, this month's movie does not have a salacious title. Uh, The next movie we're reviewing is the 1992 baseball comedy drama, A League of Their Own. Yes, and A League of Their Own is a 1992 movie directed by Penny Marshall, starring Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Laurie Petty, Rosie O'Donnell, and of course... Our Girl, Madonna. A League of Their Own was a critical and commercial success, grossing over $132.4 million worldwide and garnering acclaim for Marshall's direction and the performances of its ensemble cast. In 2012, the Library of Congress selected it for preservation in the United States National Film Registry as culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So true. And a mm-hmm. wonderfully brunette Madonna portrayed May Mortabito, center fielder, leadoff batter in the lineup. She was part of an amazing ensemble cast. And besides acting, Mother contributed musically to the movie with her number one song, This Used to Be My Playground, which was produced with Shep Pettibone while they were finishing up the recording of the erotica album. Mm. Oh, Liberty, I know. can we? Good time. Do, you ha- do you have a voice tonight? Are we going to hear a little appearance of this used to be my playground at some point? We may. We may hear that, yes. I, I, will, I will always find my voice for Madonna, absolutely. Oh, She'll I mean, teach you how to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, I think it's, you know, time to go Peaches! Let's talk about the movie. Um, 
overall, it's a home run for for me. One hundred percent, right out of the yes. park. Yes. Uh, yeah. One, it's actually one of my favorite movies, like of all time. I oh. I, I was telling you in the pre-show, I own it on VHS. I own it on DVD. And I own it in digital, <laughs> like, and I probably watch it half a dozen times a year. And Aww. one of the things that made me realize my partner was going to be like my person is that it's one of his favorite movies too. And I have like he's not a Madonna fan, but he loves that movie. And we can sit and quote dialogue together before they say it, and it's just a wonderful movie. Yeah, it really has it all. I mean, it has relationships. It has, you know. Um, what women kind of go through, what women historically have gone through. And it Mm -hmm. also has uh, some humor and some good one-liners. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's one. And she does, Madonna herself does a wonderful job. And a good Madonna and Rosie pairing. Mm -hmm. Love it. Always love it. And I think you you both, you know, keyed in on what makes the movie so amazing is that one, it's just a good movie. Penny mm-hmm. Marshall directed a really great story movie. Right. Then it's also a really great baseball movie. You know, like if you weren't even like watching it for Madonna, it's just a great story about women's baseball and like in a historical preservation type of way where, you know, if you didn't know that women's baseball actually existed, it's like here's a really great film that talks about it. And yep. and then it's also just there's some really touching emotional moments in it. You know, like that movie, I mean, I rewatched it over the weekend so I'd be fresh in my mind and I was bawling all over again. All Me too. over it. You know, at multiple points through the movie, I was just crying again. Um, I feel like it's one of those movies that gets more emotional for you as you get older. Yeah, oh, totally. Like, the older I get, the more it like tugs at my gut. In That's... ways that surprises me. Like, I remember when it first came out, it got a lot of criticism. The one thing it got criticism for was that it only had that one scene where the, uh, where, you the, know, the stadiums are segregated and the yes. African-American lady comes out and she throws the ball past first base straight to uh, um, Dottie. But watching it this weekend, I was like, well, for a movie that came out in 1992, it showed a surprising amount of self-awareness about the topic that it was covering and the reality yeah. at the time. And just, yeah, I, I was like, oh, wow, I really appreciate that it did that 31 years ago. So yeah. it was yeah, great. I agree. And I was actually just going to touch on that. It's just as you age, I think you're more aware of, you know, your own aging, so to speak. You're aware that things don't stay the same, that everything is sort of constantly in motion and, and that you find yourself, if you have the opportunity to look back and do you feel fondly about some things? Do you feel still some of the sadness that Mm -hmm. you felt when whatever it was happened? Um, and can you still feel the joy of, of winning or, or almost winning in some cases? Mm -hmm. always seemed to me that when the peaches lose the world series at the end of the movie and spoiler alert, spoiler alert (laughs) and Dottie and Kit are saying farewell at the buses. And it's like a mule nag Mm -hmm. and they, they give each other looks and then they get on the bus. 
is that the last time they see each other until the reunion? I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think, think so, so, but like no. it's sort of when they show up at the reunion at the, well, not at the reunion at the, the baseball hall of fame, uh, groundbreaking for them. It sort of feels as if they haven't seen each other in a really long time. Yeah. No, the grand uh, kids, grandkids are like you hear them in some of the background dialogue, yeah, like yelling, calling out Aunt Dottie. So they clearly mm-hmm. recognize her, and yada. No, I just think I suspect this is a writer talking about context clues that are dropped in the script. I my impression read of that was that. Dottie had not seen Kit since, oh my God, I'm totally forgetting the husband's name, since Bob. Bill Pullman died. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since, um, since Bob had passed away, which had been, you know, quite a while. So it was a big emotional moment in that they, the shared experience they had was bringing them back together after a period of intense grief where Dottie mm. was pretty much staying in the room upstairs at her daughter's house. Yeah. And while they do sort of end on that, I guess, peace note, right, where there's, you know, they, they've resumed a little bit of their back and forth, there's still some contention regarding baseball because she does say something like, um, no, you didn't, you're not sorry about what you did there. Yeah. Well, but that, I think that was the establishment of their sister relationship. You know, that's what I think that was the, that's right. the anchor of the movie. You know, their, the relationship those two have. I agree. I guess I'm just thinking of like sister to sister. Um, there's sort of, there's always, even though you might, you know, get along or things you move on from a disagreement it's just always that nugget. It still sits there. There's something always there. At least it's like that in my relationship with my sister where, you know, that those things never really fully are The competition? Resolved. Yeah, it's partly that, but also just just random disagreements, you know, as a sister. Well, so let's talk about the, the movie as a whole. Uh, like Penny Marshall, I mean, she just did such a fantastic job at wrangling this amazing cast, you know, you've got phenomenal actors in this movie, even some of the supporting cast that we really don't get to focus on a mm-hmm. lot, um, you know, who have big parts. They were amazing. You know, I mean, Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Lori Petty, they're the three huge stars. I mean, obviously Madonna was a name because of her music right. and Rosie O'Donnell was a name because of her comedy, but I really felt that like the stars of the movie is Tom Hanks, Gina Davis and Lori Petty because they were huge Hollywood stars at, at the time. Right. Well, this was um, Lori Petty's debut movie, wasn't it? She had one right before. Yeah, I she was had looking. like a small movie right before this, but this was kind of like supposed to be her big breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, she was this not only a like her really, second movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me. Why like, did I know Lori Petty before this movie? I felt like I knew her. Maybe I just thought I knew her. And that um, could just be the image that you have of her. Um, I think because we all associate her with like maybe Tank Girl break. or something. Point Break. Mm, that was what she was in. Oh before. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. So Tank Girl came after A League of Their Own. Yes. Yes. Oh dear. Tank Girl came three years later. Yeah. She was actually in Cadillac Man and Point Break before she got her big break in oh, A League God. of Their Own. Well, I'm sorry to hear that Tank Girl came after A League of Their Own. That's like 
Sorry, Lori. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not been doing too much lately as far as no. she may be doing other side projects or other projects, but as far as big roles, that's not really her it's, thing. It's no. also interesting. The writers of this movie wrote Splash, mm-hmm. also a Tom right. Hanks vehicle. Mm-hmm. They also wrote Parenthood and Sli- City Slickers together. Mm, okay. And they both worked on Happy Days. Uh, well, that makes total sense because yeah. I l- absolutely love that good old Penny Marshall, a.k.a. Laverne from Laverne yeah. and Shirley, recruited so much like of her Laverne and Shirley world into this movie. Yes. So the so Bubaloo and Lowell also wrote for one season of Laverne and Shirley. They okay. were writers on staff. So these mm-hmm. they, these writers have a long history with the... Uh, with Penny Marshall. Right. Know. And so that we had uh, Eddie Mecca, who, R.I.P. Eddie Mecca, who played Carmine Ragusa on The mm-hmm. and Shirley. He was Madonna's dance partner in the in the bar, in the swing. Oh, uh, yeah. And okay. then also uh, David uh, David Lander, who played Squiggy on The and Shirley. That's he's yeah, he's the announcer mm-hmm. at Racing mm-hmm. Bells. Um <laughs> Uh, so, with the yeah, famous Hooch echo. I freaking love that every time. Marla <laughs> Hooch. Hooch. <laughs> Hooch. <laughs> Gosh. Sorry, I can't I can't not do that. It's too much. Hey Meg. What? Come here and look at this. Wait a second, Doris. I can't wait much longer, so get up. So you so I ain't done yet. Watch this. That's it? <laughs> yeah, you can't do it, mate. Do it? I can do it. Yeah, how long you been working on it, Doris? Huh? Yeah. Took me about a year. Got counting them two months I was in the hospital. That hit me right in the head. Bam. Really? Yep. Your head's not your behind, because that looks really swollen. Hey, what the heck kind of a thing is that I'm joking, okay, okay, okay. I'm, okay, I'm, that so- ain't funny. I'm nervous, all right? I don't... What are you looking at? Yeah, what are you looking at? Nothing. Right? All these girls gonna be in the league? You wish. You do wish. They're gonna have 14, 16 girls to a team. That's right. 64 girls. Yeah, what are you, a genius? <laughs> you know, they got over 100 girls here, so um, some of you are gonna have to go home. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, Doris. Those people are jerks. What do you mean, some of us? Do it. Some of them are going home. Hey, how did you do that? Excuse me. Hey, hey. Oh, but Gina Davis was the oldest cast member at the time. Is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And just looking stunning, though. Oh, Gorgeous. My she yeah. rocked uh. that old-fashioned hair. And that makeup was flawless. Mm-hmm. I loved the styling. I mean, it's just totally fit. The everyone looked so good in it. Madonna. Mm-hmm. I, I just you know, like, even Rosie. I mean, everybody like they all did. I mean, you know, they even turn turn Hooch's character, you know, so, into something so beautiful. Um, it's great. I love that. And um, you know, thinking about how there's these little hints of actors. I don't know. I was just, I only finished it today, but, uh, cause I had to do it in parts. Um, there's one in the world series. One of the hitters from the opposite team is Taylor Leone 
I'm yeah, she's sure. all through the movie. Yeah, she's, Is she yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Oh she gosh. shows up in the charm school sequence. Like she gets more FaceTime than some of the actual supporting players with dialogue. Because we joke about it when we watch it. It's like there's Taya. You literally could do a shots game with there's Taya in a league of their own. And you would be wasted before you even get to the World Series. It's not That's even amazing. funny. I didn't even notice. I guess I sh- I I should have watched a little closer the first time, I guess. But. Which is hilarious because then, you know, she has her big break like a couple years later. Right, on that. right after first, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the first TV show she had on Fox with Holland Taylor. And it's just like, oh, wow. There's like, and then Anne Ramsey went on to be on Mad About You, right? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Tracy, um, her Penny's daughter, right? Tracy Reiner was. Penny Marshall and Rob Reiner's daughter, like she never mm-hmm. did, she never really did much after that. So, hmm. yeah. well, let's talk specifically about Madonna's performance because I know we've Flawless. said, wow, she's great, right? But I think that there's something to, you know, the character first of all is is really great for Madonna, particularly, you know, in some of her brash sort of one-off statements. But there's a very important part where she's upset about the possibility of this, you know, it's just they're going to take this whole girls' baseball thing and just toss it out. Like, it's not going to work. And she's just beside herself upset about how she doesn't want to go back to what she was doing before, which is a certain type of Her go-go dancing. Performing, yeah. Um, Burlesque. She's she's just so engaging. And... It's hard for me to believe, you know, when people can see these moments, and besides just that one, but there's a lot of parts of, you know, where she's emoting in the film, which are just without words, right? You can still see that coming through. I think she did a wonderful job as an actor in this film. Well, why? What's the matter? Well, May, we're not doing so well. Uh, Harvey and the other owners think they've made a mistake. Uh, they're talking about closing you down. talking about liberty was the most honest dramatic acting that she'd ever done yeah and it resonated and that is i think because of that you can see other places and other movies where you're like oh yeah it wasn't working and it makes you wonder why why did it work here not elsewhere and i do think it was like a safety thing and the fact Mm -hmm. that it was a female director and it was a totally Mm -hmm. trusting environment and she had rosie and other people there that she got along with you know, we know all the stories. Like they did all those 30th anniversary talks last year that are all on YouTube. If anybody wants to go check them out. And they just talked about what an amazing set it was. I mean, imagine how different that might've turned out if Deborah Winger had actually played Dottie instead of Gina Davis. Right. But, um, yeah, I always think of that moment as like, like a pure moment of like honesty and it totally worked. And you're like, Oh yeah, there, there's the thing, there's the potential. But also it was fun to get her to see her portray 
like this classic sort of like Italian archetype and really mm-hmm. play up like her own family roots with the dark hair yeah. and the, and just sort of like the styling and the attitude and the energy. I loved it. It was Well, wonderful. she was sort of playing like a tough girl, but underneath she it's, is it all tough? You know, is she's putting on more bravado than she's really got underneath because she comes mm-hmm. from well, look how, know, a bad she situation. She helped Shirley read. She helped Shirley that. learn how to read. Yes. It's one of my favorite moment. scenes in the movie. I love that. When Mil- um, Mil- Evelyn Milky, turns around. Milky. Mm-hmm. Milky, Milky why? Hey, what are you teaching her? Hey, she's reading, isn't she? Mono, come on. Mono. Off and gra- gra- grabbed her. Milky, Milky, why? Milky, why? May, what are you giving her to read? What difference does it make? She's reading, okay? That's the important thing. Now go away. Go. Shoot. Shoot. Go ahead. Show you're doing good. Thanks, Milky. Quiet. Breath. It gets really good after that. Like, delivery boy walks in. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, it gets better. And then they turn the page. Better. Like, yeah. it's just so, I love that there, there's heart for a lot of the characters in that, mm-hmm. in that movie. And it, I think that's ultimately the women's relationships, not just Dottie and Kit, just right. the women in general is you can really see that the baseball camp that, um, Penny Marshall made them all like learn how to play baseball and mm-hmm. they had to go through training camp, I think for two weeks prior to the start of the yeah. movie. Yeah. I think it shows, it shows that they came together as a team, as a, as a group of individuals. Yeah. And I think that's what resonates. And that's what we see from Madonna's performance is that, you know, Madonna has always been a, a solo artist and I think she always loved having Nikki and Donna by her side because it was like a Madonna girl group. You know, she had support. She didn't have to carry it all herself. Mm-hmm. And I think when she was around all these other women, there, like, there's that one beautiful moment when Meg is on base and Doris is on base and Dottie gets up and hits a home run. And so May's at the plate and she's like, come on, Doris, come on. And then Dottie crosses the the home plate and Madonna looks so euphorically happy. Like she Mm -hmm. doesn't look like she's acting. It's just like, it's this spunky, fun, little sister Madonna. And it's such, it's so cute. I I love seeing her in this movie. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah, no, it totally works. And you get a little bit of everything from the performance, like the bravado, the comedy, the drama. And then, of course, if before we leave talking about her performance, we have to talk about the dance sequence. I oh, know. Of course. So, of course. I mean, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Pure like, talk about a moment just to show off that. Right. I'm part of me. I would love to find out if that was even in the original script or Penny Marshall was like, "We need this segment to let oh our God. show off." You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's curious, right? I mean, because I would love oh. to see, by the way, more swing dancing from Madonna. Uh, um, yeah, she was but, fantastic. Absolutely oh, she's fantastic. Incredible. 
Incredible. Yeah, oh. that's where the dance training paid. I mean, all those flips and dips and swings mm-hmm. and like acrobatics and like just mm-hmm. wonderful. I was like, I mean, it serves no purpose to the plot other than like the little character beats because, you know, Kit is getting frisky and, the you know, of course we get some a character development beat with Hooch and right. uh, Nelson, which is just so freaking funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that part. But well, and then we get, <laughs> can't we do both? Oh my God. That stupid <laughs> scene. I'm like, Oh, please don't let the crazy people on the internet like come for this movie because of that scene. But yeah, just wonderful. Oh my God. That, in the car. Yeah. When, the kid. When did, <laughs> can't we do both? Oh my God. I thought that, well, <laughs> I mean, it's just funny, you know, like it's I just so thought it was stupid. But if you grew up rural, like I did, you're like, well, that's kind of how things happen. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> Oh Lord. No, I yeah, mean that yeah. dance scene at the suds bucket is pure Madonna. Oh. I mean, I love when they're outside of the bus, but Evelyn, Evelyn, I'm going to have to kill your son. And then yeah. she's Madonna's she's running around him. with a bat mm-hmm. trying to hit Evelyn's child. Like that's Oh no, the best is when who is it? Is it Doris that yells, use mine, it's heavier. <laughs> yeah. good and then i love that the what well who who was the woman the like the the she looks like the wig yes yeah she gets the face full of dirt oh Oh, that was not her day for her she gets she she gets slapped in the face with the barbs and then may (laughs) poisons her and may what did you give her i don't know it's working but doesn't matter it's working (laughs) yeah oh my god i love that they're all like smoking at the edge of the bus and they're like we're we're going to the place called the suds bucket we're we're gonna poison miss cuthbert (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. Just, I love how they're all conspiring just so they can go out and have a night out. Like it's yeah. funny. It no, is funny. I I, but it. you know, a lot of this movie is like a testament to how it's sort of feminism, right? Where we've got women who are now put in a sort of they're already playing baseball. They had to have been like recruited, so to speak, from like their local teams, I suppose, or whatever they were playing at it back home. Um, but now they're thrust into this new role and yet they're still sort of treated like, you know, second class citizens. Show. Yeah. Know? And or or it's hokey and and we still gotta make them sexy, right? Because it's women. We don't want to watch, you know, women in in typical baseball uniforms. We have to see them in short little skirts and dirt um, in a skirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is one of the reasons why I think that this is such a good role for Madonna, specifically because she represents a lot of what women want to do, but are somehow always sort of pegged into some other thing. And it's still relevant 30 something years later. It's still, uh, and even maybe more so today, dare I say, but, um, could we do it now? Could we have a women's, uh, you know, uh, baseball league? I mean, softball. Okay. We have, you know, like almost every school has a women's softball, Mm. but baseball, uh, well, I mean, guys- I, I love that about the movie is that like, as I was rewatching it for this, I thought, 
how bizarre it was that women playing baseball professionally was being looked at as a joke that, Mm -hmm. that it wasn't being taken seriously. And the only reason we were doing it was because the men were going off to fight the war and we still needed to entertain people. And I thought, why, why is it that like how sad it is that still in sports, it's still men. I mean, yeah, we have like women's baseball and women in tennis and Mm -hmm. women gymnastics and Olympics and whatnot, but like, there's no professional women's baseball teams that you can go watch on television at night, you know, or like go see like the Philadelphia Phillies are all men and that's all, you know, like there's no women on that team. And I'm like, that just seems so archaic and bizarre. It's just weird. But it's still the case. I mean, I think, and it's funny too, just regarding baseball, this is sort of an aside from talking about the feminine aspect, but at the time, baseball, when when these women are playing it, this is the national pastime, right? This is the thing that people love. And in the 90s, I think it still kind of was. People really had a reverence for baseball. But by and large today, there are big baseball fans and people who I love to watch my Astros. Um, I know you like the Phillies, yep. Stefan. Um, and we had a little bit of a thing last year, but we'll talk about that Just later. Just a smidge. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think it is as, you know, much today, a national pastime or or something that people really get a kick out of. I say I'm a baseball fan and people are like, oh, boring. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, I don't care for American football, but, you know. And there were some fantastic baseball montages in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. I was so shocked that Penny Marshall, you know, who directs really sweet, you know, relationship movies, was able to do, like, so there was a couple things that I thought she did fantastically in this movie. She, those baseball montages of the Peaches playing baseball and whatnot, fantastic. Mm-hmm. The newsreel recreations where they were like, Women playing baseball. What? What? Uh, will this actually happen? Oh, here's mm-hmm. Darla Hooch. You know, here's Evelyn Blah Blah. And like they were sort of like really doing a fantastic job of recreating those newsreels to make it look. I mean, that's how they actually look. It's kind of yeah. like you you watch it now and you're like, oh, th- this is just hokey movie stuff. But I'm like, no, no, no. This is how it was. That's yeah. how they delivered the news back then. Well, and the whole spiel that that woman gives about. What women in baseball on the radio? What? Yes, and it sounded like it could have been on women the radio playing yesterday. baseball. <laughs> it's going to wreck the feminist, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think it's it's just a it it hit me very hard. The first part of the movie really, I think that's why I had to pause and like take a break because I was like, uh, what? When was this again? Because <laughs> I don't. And I mean, I, as a Texan, you know, I think sounds sounds about now. I so. do love, though, that so David Strathern's character as Ira Lowenstein, he obviously, mm-hmm. you know, in the in in the middle of the movie decides he's going to take over the league yeah. from Mr. Harvey because he believes in them. And I thought his character was really pivotal in the movie because he's the one who stops seeing them as a product, as a, right. as, as a joke. He sees them as people, as athletes, as individuals. And 
wants to keep encouraging that, wants to keep that going. And uh, I love that at the very end, they have him be the one to cut the ribbon to open the women's baseball oh, wing. So you know, it was just like, it, they had some really great callbacks around there. Um, I mean, again, another one, I'm just I'm going through my notes as I'm, as I'm looking and like one of the one, again, there's sort of the overshadowing of the war during this movie. Right. So, you know, the reason why they're all being brought together is because their men are overseas. And this is, you know, I think one of the most devastating moments in the movie is when the war department telegram shows up and you you really think it's going to be Gina Davis and the yeah. way that they frame it and the way that they have her sitting down next to who is it that she's sitting? It's not Helen. It's, it's, um, no, it's Tracy Reiner. Oh, and Betty Spaghetti. Yeah. Betty, Betty Spaghetti, Spaghetti. Thank you. And how like they frame it. She, Penny Marshall frames. It's so smart where you're like, as the camera's coming in on Gina Davis, they're both sort of sitting down next to each other and then the telegram goes to Betty and Betty just crumbles and mm. then it cuts to Gina Davis crying because you know she thought it was coming to her. She thought she was yeah. going to, you know, hear that her husband died and that's, you know, it's it's such a beautiful moment that then Tom Hanks comes in and I love Tom Hanks's character, how it he evolves over the course of the mm -hmm. movie from just being pissed off that he's have has to teach girls, you know, or coach girls. The, the women, you know, women don't play ball. They're who you go home with after the game. And right. then there he is comforting Betty, you know, uh, as she's crumbling from hearing about the death of her husband. And then I love that moment where they they take Betty out of the room, and it's you see the whole room of them just devastated over what just happened. And Tom Hanks is like okay, let's go. We've got a game to play, you know, like just like picks it. That's the, the morale boost that they need to get out yeah. there and go. Um, let's talk about favorite characters. Um, ben, who would one of your favorite characters in the movie be? Are, are we talking about other than all the way may correct? Other than Madonna. Oh, it's Dottie. I thought Gina Davis was fantastic. She was like the gravity at the center of all these kooky, eccentric characters. So props to her for playing like the even-keeled center of gravity in the movie. And then special props to John Lovitz. Uh. <laughs> Will you shut up? Like, oh my God. The first 20 minutes of that movie, he gets all those amazing one-liners. I had no idea who he was because I never watched Saturday Night Live. Oh, how funny. And like, so for me, John Lovitz, it's always a league of their own. Uh-huh. Hey, cowgirls, see that grass? Don't eat it. <laughs> Does that hurt? <laughs> Liberty, so what, about, what about you? Who's a favorite character of yours in the movie? Um, well, I mentioned Rosie's character, um, Doris. I just love the sort of, you know, she's got this, uh, sort of history, right? She kind of mentions her boyfriend there and that he's, you know, he treats her like garbage, but you know, boys didn't, you know, come to her, so to speak, or they just sort of treated her like she was nothing. hundred percent can relate. I mean, as far as <laughs> my, um, personal history goes, I think that that it's 
I understand what she feels there. Mm. And, I and I relate to her in that respect. And I love that that little moment at the end where her dad's going to buy her a steak dinner. I just think it's so cute. Yeah. And her and Madonna have great scenes together. Oh, yeah. I mean, chemistry is, why did they never make another movie? I, well, that's what I was like, thinking. I'm like, why didn't we get like a oh. May Doris spinoff after this or yeah. something? You know, it's oh, just. I didn't need a spinoff. That buddy comedy cop movie that Demi and Madonna were going to do should have been, been Rosie and with the two of them. Instead Absolutely. of Rosie going off and doing that awful another stakeout and exit to Eden. Like or, the Flintstones. <laughs> or the Flintstones. Oh my god. How did I never know about this Madonna Demi Moore cop oh, buddy that, movie? That was, oh, yeah, that was, was, that was so in the talked about. So talked about. I know I was dying 90s. for it to happen. Yeah. Because you know Demi Moore was up for Dottie first but she got pregnant and so then they hired Deborah Winger, who got fired, <laughs> and then publicly <laughs> said she didn't want to do it because she didn't like Madonna. And then Gina Davis swooped in at the last minute. Thank God, because honestly, Gina Davis was perfect because she was like tall and statuesque and like yes. fit all the qualities. I'm like, how was Deborah Winger going to do this? Yeah, I character? can't. I can't see it. I can't see it. Like, it it just wouldn't have worked. I don't under I don't understand how that was going to work. Mm-hmm. Well, as I always say, everything happens as it's meant to, even when you're not fully sure of you know what's happening at the time. Yeah, so. you're right yeah. there. You are right there, Liberty. So I think for me, one of my favorite characters in the movie has got to be Evelyn. Like, oh my she, god, he's got such wonderful moments throughout the entire film. I mean, obviously, one of the most iconic moments of this entire film is because of Evelyn. That's true. Hey, Evelyn, can I ask you a question? You got a moment? Mm-hmm. Which team do you play for? Well, I, I don't teach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you'd throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's not love that's three feet above your ass. And he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! What's the matter, Jimmy? What? She's crying, sir. And yes. then that sort of becomes a callback that they keep going to. You know, like seeing her and obviously Stillwell Angel, you know, like the fact that she talks Jimmy into bringing him because he's so hungover, he doesn't even care. And I, I just, it's it, the, the totally two nuts. of them, the two of them are bonkers in this movie and it's yeah. hysterical. But and she, then when she doesn't show up at the end, oh, oh heartbreak. That's when I start to oh. lose. I, exactly. That's, I mean, like they tug so many heartstrings mm-hmm. throughout this film. And the, when you like, you see Stillwell at the Baseball Hall of Fame and Dottie's asking him, How's your mom? And or she your looked mom? around for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, Where's your mom? 
mom died. And I'm like, oh no. I know that was like, that's such a sucker punch. That was such a, yeah. Yeah. Good riding, but a sucker punch. Yeah. Yeah. But can we please for a moment talk about the brilliant casting of old Dottie? Yeah. When I saw this movie in the theater the very first time, I swore up and down that that was Gina Davis in prosthetic makeup. And it's not. And I was shocked to learn that it was just Gina Davis dubbing over her voice for that character. But I I was, I'm still mesmerized. I mean, they look so... Like that looks like how Gina Davis would be aging, it, it, like when she's in her all of them 70s. though. Really, like there's a lot of re- resemblance to uh, as well as for May's character. Yeah. Um, the older, the one who's sort of the blonde, who's the, Helen. Um, I married, married the a, I married surgeon. a plastic surgeon. Oh, she's she's so, really good. And too. She's so happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't we all be? Damn. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I mean, all those. Oh, well, and then just even one past further is I love that Penny Marshall weaves in the real world element of it, that mm-hmm. she brings in these women who were a part of the women's baseball league back then and that you get to see them in the beginning. And then at the end, that fantastic end credit sequence of them playing baseball. And I mean, that one line where the, the umpire is like, uh, strike and the one woman turns around and she's like that was a ball that was clearly outside and this and he's like yesterday it might have been a ball tomorrow Tomorrow. it might be a ball but today it's a strike and i mean just seeing the passion of those women running and hitting and i'm like good for them i hope i'm that way in my 70s and there are Mm -hmm. little things just in the filming part right where you see like in that scene that you just described there's like she kicks dirt on the guy on the umpire's shoe like these are these are little like behavioral things that happen in baseball that if you aren't really a baseball fan you might not know i guess penny marshall was a baseball fan i'm suspecting. oh totally yeah 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 she loved so, baseball yeah yeah very very um, cool what are some of our favorite lines oh gosh oh i can't pick Obviously, the bosoms come flying out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But wait, the Madonna line or the Doris line? Uh, I like Madonna. Because oh, I like, it, I like, I like Doris. What, she re- what she responds like, you think there's a man in the world, in the, in the country who's not seen your bosoms yet? Like, that doesn't exist. <laughs> and and str- silly enough, right, in a few months, that might have been the actual case. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. What if I had a key moment in the game? My, my uniform bursts open and, and uh, oops, my bosoms come flying out. That, that might, might draw a crowd, right? You think there are men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? Thank you. I love some of the big lines. You're like, I mean, obviously, Evelyn. No crying. There's in no baseball. crying in baseball. There's mm-hmm. no crying in baseball. Like, it, Tom Hanks is brilliant in that scene in his delivery. It is. Um, I, I have but, to admit, probably mine is. When he's when John Lovitz's character is 
talking to the other salesperson on the train. This is terrible. But he's like, if I had your job, I'd kill myself. And he walks off. And I'm just like, oh, he's saying what so many of us have thought so many times in life in those situations. He was such an id. He's such an id. Um, well, I think one of my, I mean, there's so many comedic, beautiful comedic lines throughout the film, but the one line that I always thought was so poignant and so eloquent was at the very end when they're all packing on the bus to go to the world series and Gina Davis, Dottie's getting in the car with Bob and Tom Hanks comes over to her and he's like, where are you going? But I love that Tom Hanks has that beautiful interchange with Dottie who, where she says, you know, it just got too hard. And then he's like, it was supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everybody would do it. It's the hard that makes it great. Dottie, you want to go back home to Oregon and make a hundred babies? Great. I'm in no position to tell anyone how to live, but sneaking out like this, quitting, you regret it for the rest of your life. Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. It just got too hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And I just, I have forever loved that line because it's just so true. You know, like, if there's anything out there that you do in life that you're always like, why is this so hard? I just want to, I, you know, like I just want it to be successful at some, at this, or I want to be famous for this or, and I just, I've always loved it. So it always spoke true to me because that, it feels that's very American. Mm-hmm. It feels, it's a very American sentiment Yeah, in context. And then watching it later, I was like, do people still feel that way? Well, and I always thought, too, like how beautiful that Madonna sort of echoes that sentiment with Easy Ride years later, Mm. where, you know, she even, you know, I want the good life, but I don't want an easy ride. And I was like, yeah, totally. I've always loved Easy Ride. And I I, I love that that's the message is that, you know, you want to be somewhere, but if you didn't have to work hard for it, you didn't earn it. It's not it doesn't feel the same. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the wardrobe. Yeah. Mm, I mean, Madonna has some gorgeous outfits. Uh-huh. That's it was too tight, that dress. <laughs> That's so funny when she said, when Rosie's like, or Doris is like, you can't wear that. It's too tight. I'm not planning on wearing it that long. <laughs> That's right. Um, but it doesn't even look that tight. So, hmm, okay. I'll just believe that. No, they oh the, the outfits that were tailored to. Sure. I mean, it was so beautiful. Lori Petty and Gina Davis and Madonna, I thought, really wore those outfits amazing. I was mm-hmm. trying to pay attention to who was in flats and who was in heels in the different scenes. Oh, too. interesting. Like Gina yeah. Davis is in like Mary Jane's and flat shoes the whole movie because you know she's like six, so feet tall. Yeah, something like. Yeah, even Bill Pullman was like barely. They they probably had him in some Tom Cruise lifts just to yep. get yeah. him to be like almost <laughs> as tall as her. But yeah, just yeah, wonderful. Amazing Oxford's the whole um, the whole movie pretty much, and I was like, ooh, I have some of those. Um, so so un, unlike her, right? Even in the dance sequence, she's in those flat yep. uh, yep. shoes and. Um, 
I was I was happy to see that. It's very safe. She should do that more. Mm-hmm. She she was in heels in the scene with that that you were just quoting, wasn't she? In the red and beige dress. Probably. Yeah, I think she's in like some little red kitten heels in that. I don't remember seeing yeah. the shoes. All there. the hats. They all had like the pretty hats yeah. and stuff. It was just wonderful. I mean, I was there mostly. I was so mm-hmm. in love with the looks. Just the the. I mean, I love the era anyway. I love. I used to, you know, try to do these sort of pin curls and finger, you know, sort of waves and, um, and I love that they're on the bus, you know, primping themselves and still, you know, f- the femininity is is always there. Yeah. Um. And I love, I just love the makeup. I love those classic red lips that always make appearances. And I love um, the the soft hair, just gorgeous, absolutely yeah, gorgeous. Didn't, didn't Gina Davis talk later about that her hair fell out after shooting A League of I Their Own? I wondered about that because in the very last scene there where her and her sister are having a little like chat in the lobby of the stadium, her hair actually looks a different color. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just like the lighting, right? Mm-hmm. You never know what could have yeah, been. Yeah, we were trying to the, figure out. Oh, go on. Sorry. I was just saying in the other scene where, where she was earlier with um, her husband, like reuniting with him, it looked much lighter, not as red, yeah. almost blonde. We were trying to figure out what was which scenes were her hair and which ones were maybe wigs but a lot of it looked like her hair and it had been like they tried to dye it and they just couldn't get it like the shade they wanted to and they just fried it and then it was hairsprayed into oblivion so Mm -hmm. but it looked good so for the art you suffer you know (laughs) right if and Madonna it with hard, dark hair. everybody would do it. Right. And then Madonna's in there with like probably her at that time, probably her natural hair color. Right. right. <laughs> she probably enjoyed that. Oh, I yeah. bet. Low maintenance because she just had like a center part and it was like floopy and just doing whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it looked good. It looks so good. And if you want to find the Rockford Peach costume, you can do that. It's on Amazon.com. Yep, <laughs> I should yep. I should start getting a storefront and like put all of these Madonna related <laughs> items in there. Uh, uh, yeah. What did we think about the ending of the movie with um, Dottie dropping the ball? So, do we Ooh. think she really drops the ball for Kit or? Did Kit just knock it out of her hand? I think she knocked it out of her hand. She really? Did, yeah. She did not throw that game. <gasps> See, did. I've always thought she threw that game for Kit. No way, no how. As a, so, as and a I'm gonna, fellow I'm gonna oldest t- sibling, we would never do that. I'm going to tell you why. I think that moment when she sees Kit devastated and crying because... You know, Kit pitched to her sister. I mean, how brilliant the storytelling is that they have them on the same team and then they find the way to like separate them at the very end. In the moment when it matters the most in the World Series, they now pit Kit and Dottie against each other. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, that's such a brilliant moment to have them like just when you think it couldn't get any more competitive between them they're competing on opposite teams to who's going to win the world series and yeah i just i always thought because Dottie saw kit crying that she was like i'm i'm gonna drop it 
The whole point of the story is that Kit overcomes her own insecurities and Dottie becomes comfortable with being the competitor. And in finding her comfort, she loses nonetheless, which is an important lesson for Dottie to learn. Oh, Think about it all through the movie, the, the splits, the jumps, the fancy catches, all of it, all of it. The whole experience comes easy for Dottie. Mm-hmm. Dottie never struggles other than feeling guilty about her sister's insecurities. Mm. And then when she finally realizes that her sister has then developed the skills and the personhood and overcome those insecurities and can hit the high and fast one, mm-hmm. then there's no way she's just going to give it to her. She realizes, oh, crap, I have the drive to this, too. That's why she comes back for the last game. And she, there's just no way. There's no way she, she threw the game. Okay, Ben, let, uh, ben as, a, as a Gemini... I am happy to I am happy to see your side of the story as well. <laughs> so yeah, although, yeah, although yeah. I will still look at that as I think she threw it. I like your argument and I will rewatch this movie thinking yeah, in that to, perspective. You, you have to watch the movie thinking Dottie never had to struggle. Like literally that is the first time she had to work for what she thought she was going to have happen to her and she failed. Mm-hmm. And it's an important lesson for her. And that's, and in that failure is how she's able to truly let go and let her sister go off and become her own person. Because then think about who she is in the future and she's hiding out in the bedroom sad. Right. I'm not going to go. Right? I'm not going to go. Yeah. Which is who in the, all through the rest of the movie, you would have thought Kit would suffer failure and become this person. And like Kit is showing up and she's like looking snatched in her sixties <laughs> and like got all these like kids and running around looking like, you know, junior grandma that just went to JC Penny and bought a new outfit for this. So yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm on the fence just because, and I think that that's purposeful it for is. the story. Oh, totally. I think yeah. they want you to be able to see whoever you relate to the most. Yeah. And then you can sort of decide on your own what you think is the reality. I know that as, as the oldest sibling who, despite, you know, all of the things that my sister and my brother do that, um, you know, make me want to furious call myself adopted. Um, (laughs) you know, I think I, I would still do those things. Like I would still do, I would throw a game. I would throw, you know, I would, I would, I would take the hit for them, I guess, basically, Mm -hmm. um, even though maybe they don't deserve it. And it's partly because you want, you still, you love them and you want to see them succeed, even when it will come at a cost to you. So yeah, it is an important lesson for Dottie to learn, but there's, there is, it doesn't come without a heavier cost than just the lesson. I think that, you know, then then she's done really she also knows she's done with baseball right i mean this mm-hmm. is she knows that's that the this last is the that final. was the end of it yeah that's the end so, of it i get on the fence i don't know i had read that so obviously the baseball league is based on the real life baseball league that actually existed and the rockford peaches were actually the most successful team in the league they had okay. they had been out of the the all the time that um that the league existed it the um 
the Rockford Peaches, I think, went to the World Series and won four times out of uh, which is more than any of the other teams. There's a great documentary about a couple of ladies who actually played on the Rockford Peaches and then became partners for life. It's an absolutely beautiful documentary on Netflix. And I'm totally blanking on the name of it right now, but it was completely amazing. And I recommend it to everybody. Should we, should we wrap up this discussion and talk about the music? I was going to say the real peach, right? The the cherry on top, if you will. Uh, yeah. Is the gorgeous ballad this well, used to be my playground? Let's, before we get to that, we should mention there's a couple of new Carol. There, isn't there like two Carol King songs in the soundtrack? Yes, the yeah, first or the true. opening the opening song yeah, is Carol the King. Song Carol King, um, and then the song we really want to talk about was not on the soundtrack because Warner Brothers was being Warner Brothers at the time. Mm. So stupid. I know. So weird. I always wondered if it had something to do with the newly signed the Maverick Records deal mm-hmm. or something. And yada, yeah, yada, there yada. was some sort of contractual weird bullshit that happened because of it. But yeah, um, a song that played over the end credits, that beautiful end credits scene. Um, Madonna's This Used to Be My Playground, uh, written and produced by her and Shep Pettibone while they were working on finishing up the erotica sessions. Um, I love this song so hard. It's such a beautiful, beautiful Madonna song. It's a shame that she's never performed it live anywhere. Um, But I also, I mean, it also then gets a great music video as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Yes. I I mean, number one for a week and, and deservedly so because, well, yeah, it's and it's interesting because it fits the movie so well lyrically and mm-hmm. sort of the. I mean, the the instrumentation is very. I mean, Shep Pettibone was not known for his ballads, so but it's got his like synths, and it was the first time he had really done anything with live instrumentation and orchestration, which brought back Jeremy Lubbock, who did a lot of work on "I'm Breathless." Mm. Um, but it's always been interesting to me that lyrically, while it fits the movie, it also fit the time in which it came out. Cause I have always listened to the song as like a, as almost like a, in, in memoriam to all the people who were dying of AIDS in 1992, mm. I mean, mm-hmm. which was the year that the most amount of Americans died of AIDS was 1992. We lost the most men to AIDS that year. And it's it's almost like a companion track to end this life and it could have fit on erotica sort of on that side too but the storytelling that goes on with it totally fits with this i the nostalgia and sort of the framing device around um the movie because the movie the main story is a flashback yeah um and the song kind of functions to conclude that flashback when it starts to play right before the credits commence and just, Oh, just great lyrics. Just wonderful. Well, and I also, I always loved that the version that was released to radio and the music video had less lyrics than the version that we hear in the movie. And so we had heard the song before the movie had come out and then you get to hear this, 
different chorus or different verse uh, on the, the movie version. And I always just loved that there was like that type of like different versions of, you know, it's always fun when there's different versions of a Madonna song out there. Well, they mm-hmm. had to make the credits version long enough to cover the credits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the radio edit for the single and the video. Yes. Um, it was still weird that it showed up on the Olympics album versus I know. the and at the same. Hmm. And what's kooky is that like Warner Brothers was like, oh, because we don't want to license our big artists to other record labels. And yet Supernatural was on Red Hot and Dance with the three George Michael songs at the exact same time, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you're talking out both sides of your mouth, Warner Brothers. Like, <laughs> get it together. But, but yeah, gorgeous song. I mean, I mean, Madonna sounds beautiful. I always loved the video. You know, it was it's very Madonna, um, but also very different from Madonna. I, you know, the the actual turning of the pages of the photo album and the the different Madonnas in the pictures and all the different mm-hmm. setups. But then we also do see shots of the movie, which are, is, is fun to sort of like harken back to that time. And um, yeah, it's just, it's such a, a wonderful song. I'm glad that she put it on something to remember. So that way we actually uh-huh. have it on a Madonna album. Yeah. I'll say, I mean, this, the song came out at a very hard time for me. My grandfather passed away that summer. So anecdotally, uh, just think like I linked it to that mm. for a long time. So um, I really couldn't listen to it until it came out on something to remember, like with, you know, with, re- with reception, so to speak, mm. where I felt that I could finally like, okay, uh, I'll accept it that you did this song. And, uh, and it's a song that I didn't, you know, really could just couldn't listen to for a long time. It's, um, it's a sad song. I mean, it's a sad song. And it's also, of course, it was just, it fit as so many Madonna songs do lyrically at whatever time of my life. I don't know how she does that, yeah. but she does it very poignantly. Um, and then this song vocally for hers is just so, so such a lower register. So it's not an easy song to sing. Mm. Um, when, when I'm, when I sing it, um, obviously it's hard because I'll get, you know, choked up a bit, but uh, because it is such a touching and of course just watching it with the film or hearing it sort of at the end of the film where I'm like, I'd already been crying. Yeah. Um, when there's no crying in baseball, there's clearly plenty of crying in in baseball, when you hear this used to be my playground or attach that to it. Um, but I loved, I love how simplistic, at least to me, the melody is. Yeah. And yet there's parts of the song that um, is sort of in the verses where she's, um, there's some sort of pauses that she makes that are almost um, breathtaking, mm. I think. Um, and then, and then a note change where I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it, it's sort of speak. And I'm sure that listeners might, you know, understand what I'm saying without my eloquence here, but there's the relationship to the sadness and, and also to the situation or to the film or whatever you relate it to. We all know the feeling of lose something or lose a a special time in your life and then everything is going to change. And you don't really want to look back 
but you always will, you know, despite not really wanting to. It's, it's just gorgeous, haunting to me. Yeah, a number one yeah. hit. This used to be my playground. Oh, I can't do it. I'm going to uh, cry. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Stefan. We can, we'll do the backing goals. No, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> we will not be doing that. Wishing you were here with me. Oh, so such good. a maudlin finish. And on that mm -hmm. really like guttural note, I yeah. love it. So wonderful. And she has so many people at that time in her life, just what you were mentioning before, uh, Ben, that she could be thinking of, you know, that she could be yeah. remembering. I mean, I mean to her me, mother. To me, it, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the last line very much harkens to her mother or Keith mm -hmm. or Christopher yeah. or any of them. And yeah, that's why I always, to me, it, Martin. People are like, oh, it came out and then erotica. But I'm like, eh, if you really listen to erotica, this does introduce a lot of the sort of, you know, themes of at least the second half of erotica. Yeah. Like it's yeah. getting into that territory of like being yeah. an, an adult in your Why is it so hard? And, yeah, like an adult in your 30s and shit's gotten real and you're having to think about you know, mortality and consequences of youth and so on and so forth. It's mm -hmm. just so crazy. I, I really, I do yeah. wish she sort of had lived there a little longer. I wish that there had been a little bit more softness for longer. I know that the greatness that is the erotica album, I would never sacrifice for any reason whatsoever, but I'd love this sort of soft, um, reflective Madonna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, she she went back to it with bedtime stories. I think then we did, get yeah. a richer, more ex even probably more experimental version of it there yes. with songs like "Forbidden Love" and "Love Tried to Welcome Me" and "Sanctuary." So yeah, yeah. Sanctuary. I mean it's 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 part of a through line of her work from that period, starting with like "Promise to Try" and then. And then the song, Something to Remember, and then this one, and then, you know, Why Is It So Hard, and In This Life, and Secret Garden, and then jumping forward to that second half of Bedtime Stories. Like, we got almost a decade worth of those kind of songs from her. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of went into the the See my booty get down, like... Well, no, she was sort of <laughs> the Mer girl, sort of easy, you know, Mer girl gone, easy ride... A bit more Fall experimental free yeah. stuff. Yeah, like there's like two lines of that. And this is solidly in the middle of the first one that we see her sort of stretching a little bit. So Yeah. Well, yeah, and of I course, love this song. I uh, think it I think it also sort of evokes some of the feelings like, you know, Live to Tell might have might have given yeah, us. Yeah. It sort of carries through on this on the softness, but she's so multidimensional in in that you believe every single thing that she sings in this used to be my playground and yeah. you feel it and you know it uh, and you want to hold her, mm. you want to comfort her. And um, so, yeah, funny, well, absolutely gorgeous. You mentioned live to tell cause we get some live to tell style looks in the video. 
That's right. Oh, yeah. although uh, that timely. dress, that that, uh-huh. that it's that blue floral dress yep. that she's wearing yep. in the field where the wind yep. is blowing. I'm like, that's live to tell. That's the live to tell look. We just we just didn't know that that was the erotica hair yet. So. Right. <laughs> or the sex book hair. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Interesting. So, uh, to be yeah. a fly on the wall those oh, days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Today I'm wearing a blue dress, just toss my hair and I'm going to lip sync this and Alec is going to go put it in this. And then tomorrow we're going to walk naked down I-95. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to go eat a slice of pizza uh, with yeah. nothing on. Yeah. <laughs> Who's up for some hitchhiking? Let's go. I mean, oh, oh my yeah. goodness. What a time that was. It was, it was a time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, everybody, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for going down memory lane and uh, talking about this with me because it's a special film, a really special film for Madonna. Remember, everybody, you can find us on Instagram at MLVC Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at MLVC Podcast so you never miss one of our videos. You can also donate to the show. We're on Venmo at MLVC Podcast. Or consider becoming a subscriber, patron.podbean.com forward slash MLVC Podcast. Help keep the show going. Ben, Liberty, thanks for joining me in the peaches today. It's been a fun time having another installment of our Madonna summer movie series. And remember everybody, remember everybody next, next month we close out the summer with probably the most looked forward to movie of our Madonna summer movie series ever body of evidence. I have not watched God. I have not watched this movie in a long, a while. And it's going to be a, I bet it's been 25 years since I've watched it. Oh yeah, my god! I, I've seen clips of it, but I've not sat through the whole thing. So I'm looking forward well, to. I've that. watched this scene where Julianne Moore slaps her a whole bunch of times because yeah. you know she always gets asked about it. Anyway, we're off topic. Yeah. So join us we're, next we're, month. Don't forget. Yes. Yeah, you won't want to miss that one. <laughs> you yeah. will not. You will wish you were here with us. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You'll be like, this show used to be my playground, but <laughs> now it's my torture chamber. <laughs> Hot wax and all. <laughs> Shh, don't give it away. Don't give it away. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. See ya.